Welcome to today's Education Technology Podcast brought to you by MarketScale. I'm Sean Heath and today I have the pleasure of speaking with Lars Lindquist, the Head of Communication and Design for Lexplore. Lars, hello, how are you today? Hello, I'm fine. Um, sitting here in a cold Stockholm. You know, so, I'm sitting here in Dallas, and I was going to comment that it is cold in Dallas, but it's probably not anywhere near as cold as it is in <laughs> Stockholm today. It's snowy and a couple of degrees below zero, so Celsius. So, oh, so totally for colder. me to co- so it's twenty degrees in Dallas today. So for me to complain about twenty degrees would be sort of ridiculous, no? Yeah, whining. I would call that. (laughs) Well, I tell you, I'm very excited to have a chance to talk to you today because you work in an industry and and your company has an approach that I find to be fascinating. So let's start, if we could, just tell me a little bit about how you got involved in this particular industry of education technology. Uh, Me personally, uh, I... um... I actually started, uh, I was a freelancer, a concept developer and brand strategy person working with design and and, and, and have a background in, in um, communication and advertising and design. So I actually started this as an assignment, you can call it, for me as a freelancer. But very fast we saw that when I came in, the company had another name, and uh, and uh, there was a lot to do. Actually, there was they had a method, kind of, and uh, start getting customers and stuff. But but there was a lot to do about conceptualizing, uh, communicating, and doing design around it to make it more uh, accessible and uh, attractive to to the schools. So that's how I got in, and quite fast we decided that I, I I'm going to start working here, and and from there it was it has just broadened out, and we're doing so much stuff. Being in a startup, there's nothing is done uh, previously, so everything has been have to be built from the ground. So, um, so that's how I got involved in this, and uh, I mean, I have been working with communication a lot in around society and politics and stuff like that. Not specifically school or ed tech before, but but, uh, having an interest in issues around society and try to use my skills to actually do something good for society. This was such a great opportunity. Now, I know, uh, based on your role and your title, that you're responsible for the brand and the design and and how your company sort of communicates on all markets. But you just mentioned something very interesting to me, and that is your interest in approaching this from a social aspect, uh, trying to actually do something bigger than just create a product. You actually are able to merge your, your background and all of your formal training with your personal interest in society and politics. And Lexplore kind of gives you an opportunity to use all of your skills. Can you tell me a little bit about that approach? Yeah, it's kind of a one in a million opportunity, actually, to get into a new product that actually is truly innovative and actually have a 
a real huge benefit for for the kids in school and for society in a bigger perspective and also like really interesting to work with on a personal level also so um i mean it's it's to develop this kind of product uh, it's a lot of work you have to do a lot of work and it's quite tough sometimes and it's but it's so much easier when you know that what you do is is really for a, a good purpose and uh, actually really benefit um to society uh, so it makes makes the work much easier and much more fun so as you spend more and more time in the industry, you obviously are able to detect trends. You're able to see sort of the direction that the industry is moving. But because you're a thought leader, you can kind of sort of guide the evolution of the industry as well in the technology and in the solutions that you develop. What trends have you seen over, say, the past year that have really gotten your attention? I mean, we are really in the middle of the the uh, the uh, process of digitalization. Uh, that is, is a huge thing in Sweden. It's a huge thing in the U.S. and it's coming everywhere. And but but that's also a bit confusing for everyone. <laughs> like, what should we do with all this? And um, and all these opportunities, but what we try to do is to use basically data from eye movements uh, to to see if kids uh, about their reading skills and, and and try to monitor that and and also to to detect uh, reading disabilities early on but also to help schools to get an overview about the reading ability and that uh, that is like that is a part of a of a bigger trend as i see it that today you can start to collect data that you can do so much you you can do much with it uh, so many things and in the future you're going to do going to be able to do more with it for example we we the the, the researchers behind this method gustav and matthias they they developed this method, but we have already started new research project to use this method for early detection of Alzheimer's and Parkinson, and <clears throat> gonna probably gonna get so much information out of it in the future to help with the more stuff about reading and maybe even other stuff. There's so much information in how the eyes are moving, and that is one example of. Uh, of use what people call big data or uh, uh, to to so so even though you use our service today and start collecting these recordings uh, you're also gonna be able to use this data you collect today in the future to maybe uh, detect other stuff at kids and, and and help them and see trends in your school and very much use, very useful for school leaders uh, for the process of data driven decision making and and that is one trend this big the, the, the this data collection thing and and the the data driven decision making that actually there has been a lot of uh guessing around and now you actually going to be able to start knowing a lot more. Um, 
you know, you you mentioned the the use of eye tracking to to be able to detect reading difficulties in in children in, in what we would call elementary age children, six, seven, eight years old. Yes, and the ability to detect reading difficulties that's that's amazing yeah that i mean that could literally transform the way that education is presented to students at all skill levels uh that's, yeah that's, that's huge yeah definitely we are actually launching that uh, in uh, just this year that that we're not only uh, finding reading difficulties that we're gonna you're gonna as a as a school leader or a teacher or a special ed teacher you're gonna be able to see uh, all reading levels on all students like uh, and with that data you see that okay how is my school doing how is our school district doing where do we, can we allocate resources how are we doing follow-ups when we put resources does it work and uh, so over time, it's going to be better and better uh, the more data you collect. But also, now don't forget that it also on an individual level, you, you find kids, no, nobody is so much tougher for, uh, what do you say, harder for, for kids to fall behind the cracks. Because this is a quite easy method to screen everyone. Uh, so, um, so... Because today you can go through, uh, we have hear examples of it all the time, that the kids go through the whole school system uh, without getting discovered and, and, and get their, uh, if they discover that they have dyslexia, for instance, in the, uh, when they're older, teenagers or older than that, or maybe never. And then they had so much suffering and, and, and also miss their whole education. Uh, without knowing why, and so it's uh, really important to get this. You you can talk with everyone, researchers and and uh, advocacy groups and stuff. Everybody talking about early detection is of essence. Early detection and early help. That is what is essence, and that is exactly what we are doing here. That sounds so much more beneficial than discovering. You know, once a, a student has reached their teenage years, that they've just learned coping mechanisms. They haven't actually learned how to sort of excel. They just learned to sort of get by. And this sounds like a formula to help raise the level of success for students at all skill levels. Yeah, definitely. I mean, reading is also such a basic thing. You need... You need reading for all subjects, and, uh, and it's also uh, you, you need it for uh, doing your physics and your chemistry or everything. Like, so if you don't get your reading right in the early years, because that's how all the school systems are like built, you focus on the read the basic knowledge at the start, reading and counting. Uh, and then then you're supposed to know that, and then you move into other subjects. And if you have missed this whole thing, you are uh, very high risk of missing your whole education, actually. Uh, so, um, so it's a great importance. And as you mentioned, this is not just affecting 
children in schools because as we as a society improve the education that our students get and we're able to maybe detect a challenge that a specific student has and we help them overcome that we actually raise the level of education of society as a whole that's a pretty big that's a pretty big project you got going there yeah that's the ambition in a way i mean we obviously we are doing one part and the schools have to do the work of course but we hopefully provide them with a with a really really powerful tool of knowing and getting an overview and uh, like help them to work with their strategies for for helping kids and and also for societies such as school districts and even states to to uh, to uh, to really put resources into because all these kids that that are failing when they when they get out of school i mean that's the one that i mean you can look at the percentage of dyslectics in american prisons it's high, it's high and uh, and uh, you have all this i don't say that i mean depends on a lot of factors of course but 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 it's like you're more likely to fail in your life uh, overall if you fail with your education so it's it's and and it's going to cost it's going to cost for uh, uh, personal matters and but it's also going to cost like money so it's we we see that's i mean to invest in doing this at an early stage, that's an investment for the society also. It's definitely going to save you money in the long run. Well, the ability to gather all of this data really wouldn't be very useful if you didn't also have a way to analyze and break it down and then figure out ways to create beneficial responses based on that data. As a thought leader in this industry, how do you see that sort of data usage moving forward oh with more research uh, i i mean there's the potential is huge but you have there's a lot of work to really like uh, what do you say extract <laughs> the useful things out of it and we have uh, the, uh, the researchers behind this they have spent years of extracting the the reading ability out of the eye movements you can so to say they have gathered reference material and trained the computer models to uh, to 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 um, distinguish um, kids with the risk of reading difficulties from the ones that are not and stuff like that there's a lot more to find but you have to do a lot of research there you have to gather more reference material for kids from older ages and we have to gather other reference material but the potential is like huge uh, so um, so uh, and as i told you earlier there there's because the connection between eye movements and neurological issues that is very well known since a long time back uh, that is like well researched uh, but today the the technique is so accurate around eye tracking and uh, machine learning and so so with today's technique there's possible possibilities to to find to find a lot of things that is going on in the brain uh, with uh, with the eye movements, but you have to gather uh, reference material. 
you have to doing data collections and those research projects are quite extensive but we have started some and we have a lot of plans in the future uh, and then we can use uh, we can use i mean our our starting point actually the the researchers behind this they started this research project with with eye movement uh, recordings that was made 25 years ago uh, with really basic uh, technique but they have used that as a reference material and and that is the way this whole thing started and uh, and today uh, the the potential are actually start to like pay off and you mentioned that there is a huge cost that comes along, not just a societal cost, but a, a financial cost that comes with not detecting challenges that these students have at earlier and earlier ages. So the the fact that you have come up with not only a socially conscious way, but a cost-effective way to detect and help organize and collate all of this data that means that this is a solution that would be available across the entire economic strata it's not just for you know one particular tax bracket this can help students at all economic levels yeah yeah it's a, it's a, the equality aspect of it I, I don't know if that's what you ask the but but since you're today for instance it's like <clears throat> it can be very very much up to your socioeconomic background if you're gonna get discovered or not if you have parents that are involved and engaged or if you have a, a really good school and stuff like that but with this kind of method you have a totally uh, objective way of uh, measuring at like each school if you decide for instance that you're a school district or even a state that decide that we go for this all over you're gonna have the same measurements all over and everybody is gonna get the exact same uh, opportunity of getting discovered at least then of course the 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 further assessments and the and the, the help might be different but at least you're gonna be recognized or you're gonna be discovered and uh, and uh, your chance of getting help is gonna be much bigger so this, uh, the equality aspect of this, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big thing. Now, Lars, I have to say, we've gotten this far into the interview, and I just realized you were so fascinating, I neglected to ask you <laughs> how Lexplore exactly works. I'm quite embarrassed. <laughs> okay, uh, no problem. Um, what we do is that we, we go out to the schools with our own staff or train staff at the schools uh, we bring a, a screen an eye tracker and a, a laptop computer and then uh, the kids come one at a time sit in front of the screen and read two short texts they get questions afterwards to see if they have uh, uh, comprehend what they have read and then they go back to the classroom and uh, what's happening is that we while they're reading we are recording their eye movements and uh, send this um, this recording up to the cloud, a cloud service where we run our uh, 
AI models, artificial intelligence models. Uh, and they ha- are trained on a, a reference material of thousands of kids' uh, recordings uh, with, with kids with and without reading difficulties. So they are trained to distinguish different reading levels at these kids. And then we deliver the results just in a couple of days to the school at the web portal. So then the, the, the teachers or the special ed teachers and the principals or the politicians for that matter, they can see the results on an on a, a individual level, on a class level or a school level or a district level or a... Ah, depends on how big the project is, of course. So then the teacher can say, see easily like what kids need support, what kids need further assessment, what kids need maybe f- more challenge. And uh, then um, the school leaders can see how should they allocate resources, do a follow-ups and stuff like that. And also track this over if you do... Uh, when you do uh, more screenings, you can also do follow-ups uh, from the last year and see how the development goes with the kids. So that is basically... F- but for each kid, it's like they go in, read two texts. They ob- often think it's quite funny, actually. And uh, it's no no like competitive thing in it. It's not like a r- regular test. They don't often not even realize that they are tested. Uh, so then there's just a few two minutes per kid around and then they go back to the classroom so we easily test like i don't know it depends on the size of course a school in a day or two and um that's how it works and you can get enough data in that two minutes to assess that child's reading ability yeah it depends on that because the 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 computer models they 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 can they they break this uh, eye movements down to hundreds of parameters, and then they they see patterns. So 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 uh, the models are trained to to discover patterns from reading uh, from eye movements during reading, and then they discover patterns from uh, from those this reference material that we have from the research projects, and that, that was that's. So uh, with that's what uh, with new reference material with other like uh, data in it, you can just train the models to to discover other things, and uh, so that's the method in its uh, essence. That is absolutely fantastic. I have to say, I'm going to be keeping an eye on Lexplore and seeing the way that this develops because it is. I think what you're doing is is pretty important, really, from so many different aspects, and not just in not just in the education technology space. I think what you're doing has a much larger implication, and I'm very excited and interested to see how this plays out. Today, I've had an opportunity to speak with Lars Lindquist, the head of communication and design at Lexplore. Lars, thank you so much for taking the time to share your knowledge with us today. It's really been fascinating. Ah, thank you. I have certainly enjoyed it, and I look forward to having a chance to talk to you again in the future. Thanks again. Thank you. Uh, It's been um, a nice talk. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, go to marketscale.com slash industries. And if you have a chance, subscribe to the MarketScale publications for the latest articles, videos, and podcasts from your favorite industries.